Hello everyone, welcome to episode 608 of Cold Wave Soundcheck. I'm Aaron Pollock. This season we're chatting with the performers of the Cold Wave 6 Festival in Chicago, September 29th, 30th, and October 1st. Cold Waves began as a memorial concert for fallen Chicago musician and sound man Jamie Duffy, and is now a multi-day festival-style show celebrating Chicago's relationship with industrial music and a passionate fundraiser for suicide awareness and prevention causes. This year's featured acts include Stabbing Westward, Cold Cave, Front 242, Severed Heads, KMFDM, Ogre, and more. For the full lineup and ticket links, head to coldwaves.net. This week we're chatting with Friday Metro performer Wesley Isolt. This is Cold Cave.
started Cold Cave, um, I kind of was doing just like random noise projects that morphed into Cold Cave by accident. I didn't really have a sound or um, a vision before. I had quit playing in like previous hardcore bands, and I wanted to do something on my own that I made by myself and just for myself, just just to kind of challenge myself. I'd always been in bands which were sort of like this collaborative effort, which I liked, but it was very um, like of a scene and of a genre, and I was sort of burnt out at the time. And I I wanted to do something uh, without anyone else's touch on it. So I had like some, uh, some pedals, like a, some like reverb and distortion pedals that people had let me borrow or given to me. And then I had a couple like synths that I had like picked up here and there. And I started recording and I like somehow like liked what I was making. And it reminded me of music that I grew up listening to that I wasn't, I didn't know I could make. After I made a few songs, I shared it with some friends those friends like wanted to put them out on the label. So at the time that was Deus and hospital and uh, it's kind of just like never stopped since then. So that was like 2007 and I wanted to have this anonymity to the project because I didn't want anyone to just think I was like this guy from like a punk hardcore band doing like a new, like electronic session. Cause that was like sort of like not cool at the time. You know, people were still suspect of people from other genres I never felt like one of those people. I, I grew up liking all sorts of music and I, I was just, it was a time and place and I love, I love hardcore and that was the type of band I played with my friends at that time in my life. I remember growing up and my friends all loved punk rock and I remember, uh, you know, the zines being laid out at the local record store by, you know, whoever was doing homemade ones. And that was a great way to read interviews about people that weren't in the other magazines, basement shows, stuff like that. And I feel like that that was such a cool thing that I don't know if the Internet killed it or something else killed it. But I, I want to talk about your love of that and how you sort of try and keep that going. Yeah, I guess like the Internet did kill it. And there was like that brief moment of the Internet where it seemed like it might get better where people were had these sort of like super dedicated sites and and blogs for kind of obscure music where you could like download these like records you could never find growing up but like i mean that probably still exists but i think it's like kind of all like turned to streaming like streaming and just like whatever is the most convenient and like there used to be like always like dedicated sites to like kind of specific subgenres, which was really cool at first but that seems to have like sort of faded, I guess, unfortunately. But yeah, like you said, pre-internet, there was no way to find out about like basement shows or like, you know, you knew about the larger underground bands and you could catch like glimpses of them, like in semi-mainstream media here and there, like TV or magazines. And then you kind of had to use those as starting points to find out about um, other cool bands that were potentially related to your taste. But uh, zines were kind of like these, little Bibles I thought that you pick up at shows or record stores. And, um, I like would read them religiously over and over and over. And I, I know like so much useless information about like nineties underground punk and hardcore related music and, uh, and other genres from, from fanzines. And I would order them from all over the world and make my own and trade them to people and drop them off at record stores. And maybe someday someone would write me or, you know, and it was just kind of like silent community of, 
uh, people, probably like mostly suburban people living in kind of like shit towns where you didn't have a lot of people in your town that you could relate to. So it was one way of, it was like a message in a bottle in a way, you know, and that was um, really appealing to me as someone who moved a lot growing up and never was really around that many people who I had or who could really turn me on to other cool stuff, you know. For me, I started making zines in high school and they kind of morphed into books and poetry and I kind of went more of that route. But it definitely started with like writing about shows or like whatever I was going through. I was like a as like a punk in high school or like then you know the years after that and then like tour diaries and stuff like that you you, you're supposed to make music or put on shows or do a zine and i like doing all those things so i was pretty involved with that that's a good transition into your uh your publishing company heartworm press you recently put out thieves of youth and it looks like that sold out pretty quickly is there any way for fans that missed that to get that not right now like I don't like to like make too many copies of certain projects because I, I think they're just deserving of a certain amount. And like sometimes the things sell out really fast. I'll, I'll repress it down the line, but I don't usually like to do it immediately. I don't like like to invite that much like excess materials into my space. So I don't want to be like surrounded by a bunch of books and records. So I tend to do things in like quantities of like 500 or a thousand or, you know, sometimes 2000 and just, just to, have them come and go. And I like, I like when I get like a shipment of books and then they're gone the next day. Like that's like really fun for me. And then um, it's kind of like giving birth to them and then I don't have to like deal with them growing up, you know, they kind of come and go really fast. So you've done some recent U S and European touring with Drab majesty who are also going to play at cold waves. Uh, tell me about yeah. touring with them and, and developing a, a rapport with them. Well, I think, I think they're a really cool band. I think their new record's really great. We, I mean, we've played so many shows with them now. I don't even know where to begin. Um, for me, we're, we're we're really particular about the bands that we want to play with. It's sometimes hard for us to find like current bands that we want to support. We end up playing with like people who are like sort of like legendary to us to tour with us because it's inspiring to us and we enjoy the company of, I guess, people like that. And but Drab is uh, a newer band that we all really enjoy and. Um, it was great hearing them play every night because they kind of, in my opinion, made this really great evening, no matter what day of the week or no matter what town we were in, where their music is so um, beautiful and cathartic. And it, it sets this uh, really great tone to start an evening off. And I think um, our music and theirs complemented each other pretty perfectly in terms of like curating a great night. I'm, I'm, gl- I'm glad they're playing the festival with us. And, you know, I'm sure we'll probably play shows like, sometime in the future again.
you've been putting out uh, a bunch of singles over the last couple of years. Is that how you plan on uh, continuing to output your new material? Is there any desire to to make something longer form than that, or or to collect all the singles together at some point, or or do you just like to you know put it out as you create it? I definitely want to make an album, and I'm sure I will in the semi near future, whatever that may be, like in the next year or two. But the idea of wanting to do all these singles was to just work at whatever pace I I felt like working whereas i didn't have to put that much thought into what i wanted to do next it was kind of like okay these songs i think make a cool single they go together they're kind of recorded at the same time like it's out done and that kept happening and i kind of was really enjoying that that luxury and that freedom of not having to overthink the record cycle and all like the bullshit that comes with arduously making that record and promoting it and touring on that. And it just seemed like so silly. And I had tried that and I just wasn't comfortable with it. I wanted to just kind of, I didn't want to like go away. I want to kind of be this band that's always doing stuff. So I do think about making an album, but part of the joy and this method I'm in right now is not thinking too much about it either. So I don't really know. I mean, I'm sure I'll put out some more singles relatively soon. I have some, done now that i don't know why i haven't put them out yet i probably will soon cold cave is like pretty lucky i think to exist in um its own world with its like feet in a couple other worlds like dipping our toes in other worlds but it's traditionally it's like hard for a lot of bands to like stay on tour and work with like different promoters because they want to know like when your album's coming out and if you want to play this venue you got to be doing this blah 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 or like festivals or whatever but I think one of the cool things about cold waves and um, bands of like that ilk is like those bands are kind of like always relevant and always cool and always important to the, to those fans, which is like a super, super exciting thing to be about. They're not like, they're not trendy. They're really timeless. Like I, we're really honored and excited to be invited to play this festival to those fans. Cause like, I know we have some crossover for sure with a lot of like, think like the cold wave festival is, but we also have like, our own dedicated fans who are very similar in their tastes where they don't care like what's going on and like whatever is like being forced out of their throat. They like us and they like just like cold wave fans like those bands too. It's a really cool thing. So the lineup right now is you and Amy Lee. How does that dynamic compare to previous arrangements of the band? Well, for the past couple tours, we've toured as like a three piece with um, uh, Max, who was actually in the very first live first lineup of cold cave back when I started playing in like 2008 or so in Philadelphia, he lives in Los Angeles now and started playing with us again live. Aside from Max, Amy is like the person who's been in cold cave longer than anyone else I've ever collaborated with. And it's definitely like the most full-time person I've ever like had the pleasure or chance to play with. And then, um, Max is, Max is a great addition because he, uh, like fully understands the context of the group and was there when I started it in my house. And it's just really refreshing to play with people who are not coming from the position of being like a traditional musician and also like, aren't trying to be like famous or something. And they, they just genuinely enjoy and believe in the music. It's just a, it's a really cool place to be in. Um, we like all get along. Like we've never like there's never been like an issue or anything. We're all like kind of like these super like I don't know. It's a great dynamic right now. That's that's all I have to really say about it. It's it's working. We we enjoy it. 
um, it's nice. I've had so many different lineups and play with a lot of people and different lineups, different people have had interesting things about them, but this kind of just like destroys all those for me. So besides working on new music and, and playing in September, what else is on the horizon? Are you going to be playing some more shows with American Nightmare? Yeah, like right now, Cold Cave, goes, we're getting ready to go to China in like two weeks for, for like four, four shows. And then we come back and hopefully I'll finish some music. And then um, I think we, we might tour around Cold Waves. So I'll know more about that momentarily. And then I think American Nightmare will be doing something else in 2018 and i'm sure cold cave will just be like on tour forever again starting we just got back from europe i think we might be going back um and then there's australia and mexico and back to russia again and we enjoy traveling we like playing this music and we really like being in the rooms with the people who we get to play to so we think it's cool to do so we keep doing it have you played china before yeah, um, Amy and I toured there, like I guess almost a little over four years ago, and we played like kind of like way too many shows for China. Like I think you can like, I mean, it's like obviously the country is massive and there's all these like cities, but we played kind of like all these like second and third tier cities that you, like I had never even heard of, and I some of the smaller ones I like I still don't know where I was. I can't like wrap my head around it because it was such a whirlwind but this time we're just playing like this kind of cool festival in Beijing and then the show in Shanghai and um, and then uh, one show in Chengdu and like a club show in Beijing so it'll be cool it'll be cool but it's wild it's a long flight to like land somewhere and I just like re- recall like not ever knowing what was happening or like I, I, I felt like I couldn't like it was like the most foreign I've felt like way more than like japan or um korea or even like thailand or all these other places like china was like the one place where i just like couldn't really function because it was it's so it was so fast and like chaotic to me it's just it's so foreign to me i don't know it's really 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 strange to me before i let you go i just wanted to quickly talk about philadelphia because i'm right outside philly now i lived in philly for 10 years i know you lived i know you lived in philly i feel like uh philly always gets a bad rap what were some of your uh, favorite places and things to do in in the city? I think it's one of the best cities. I think it definitely did get a bad rep, but like people who live there always kind of knew it was great. But I think now, I don't know if it gets a bad rep anymore. I think I think Philly's like, I think people think it's pretty great now. It's like way more with it now. It kind of used to seem as its own bubble, and it doesn't feel like that anymore. To me, it seems like way more metropolitan. There was like not that many like vegan places that weren't junk food to eat in Philadelphia when I lived there, and now it's like one of the best cities for restaurants. I think there's there's so many like venues compared to other cities. Shows there are always killer. Like I think Philly's great. I think it's a really really special city, and I don't know. I I, I have a soft spot for it too. So I I, I don't know.
On this episode, you heard A Little Death to Laugh, Icons of Summer, and Confetti. Cold Cave can be found at coldcave.net. Our opening music is Monster Zero by Accumination. Our closing music is Messiah by Splinter Group. Subscribe to the show through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app with the links found in the show notes. Join us next week as we chat with Mark Griffin from MC 900 Foot Jesus. Our closing segment each week is dedicated to the inspiration for Cold Waves, fallen Chicago musician and soundman Jamie Duffy. Here's Jason Novak explaining driver rules during tours. You know, when you're on tour, the driver is fucking the, the leader. Whatever the driver wants, the, the driver gets because you're driving. And the navigator's job is just to make the driver's job easier. If the driver says, like, hey, navigator, open me a, light me a smoke, get me a thing, and pop that tape on, the navigator jumps up out of whatever slumber they're in and sets the guy up with what he wants because he's fucking driving. When you have kids and a wife and, and you try any of that shit, they're like, what? It's your damn job. Drive us to the damn after-school thing. And no, we're not listening to Gojira. We're going to listen to Nicki Minaj. So we listen to Hum all the time. And one of our favorite things to do is to put on the first track of the second album, which Jamie just could not stand the vocals because Matt Talbot is a wonderful writer and an amazing musician. His vocals have been called suspect by a few people. And we would... There's a couple parts where his voice cracks a little bit, and Greg loved Hum, and Ethan loved Hum, and I loved Hum, so sometimes we put Hum on, and we would just start wailing. <laughs> with the, with the, <clears throat> my throat's a little bad, but like the, the bad vocal parts, and we'd just be screaming him in Jamie's ear, and he would just be like, this is fucking horrible.